One good thing COVID, came out of COVID, I've said this before, is being able to stream, and a lot of people have been able to stream, and having visitations and funeral services um, online and be able to share with those that either you're um, not able to be there or in situations like with friends of mine, a friend had just passed, um, share, is not being able to be present because she lived out of the country. So one thing I've learned over the weekend um, is the capability to stream, live stream funeral services for people that can't be present. Um, I've learned another thing too. Um, not only was it a beautiful funeral service, I mean, fit for queen, and um, nothing ever went unnoticed, and no one ever did. Um, she was a, uh, she still has a beautiful soul. Very kind-hearted and um, beautiful family. Um, that whole family was there for her. Um, from radiation all the way. Six years. It was uncommon. I just looked down a podcast. Audio was 111. Angel digits. Should I be surprised? No. Because I know this from having looking down and agreeing what I'm about to say. Um, she had her whole family there. Her whole family. Um, and her spouse. Um, I don't think anybody. I mean, I don't know, there's not enough words to um, say about her husband. I mean, um, my whole family was there for her. We all four connected. And um, we all four started uh, our journey on Oncology World six years ago. Uh, same type of oncology treatment. Um, it's almost like looking at mirrored images of our journeys. That's the truth. Living in a world that's anything but normal where we're at, where we were at. Um, and watching her funeral service this weekend, I'm, I've never seen so many white roses, and I'm, I'm not joking, I've never seen so many white roses in my entire life. Um, they do, do funerals different out of the country. United States, we're so different. Um, what we're lacking is we're lacking, I don't know, we're lacking something. Um, I've seen some, I've been to funerals and I've seen some things that, uh, this is the truth, I'll never go to another funeral service again for the rest of my life, till my last breath. I will never go to a visitation, I will never go to funeral service. Um, it doesn't matter who it is, uh, I don't. Elvis Presley could reincarnate and bite me. I'm still not Michael Jackson's same. I know it sounds goofy, but that's the truth. I've seen things um, that are not okay. I literally, huh, I literally witnessed someone, literally. You know who you are. Yeah, you, listening. Literally looked at you and said, you killed her. I literally had somebody, not meaning me, but literally right in front of person in wake. I want to get combative in front of the person in wake. Where do we go wrong? I mean, that was years ago. Last funeral I attended. I don't know what the hell was going on. 
Um, you don't grab somebody's arm like a five-year-old. And uh, definitely don't grab my arm like a five-year-old. I'm not five. Uh, if you want to talk to me about something or uh, what happened is there was a great um, mis false misjudgment, let's just say. Um, somebody assumed something and uh, it was wrong. Somebody had done something really, really bad. And let's just say I, uh, I had no idea what was going on. Um, just because someone's married or connected or living or whatever, don't sit there and think because one person does something that the other person living with them, connected with them, married, engaged, boyfriend or whatever, okay, don't false judge and point your finger because somebody's doing something that that should reflect on the other person because that's so wrong. I said, that's what happened. Grab my arm a second time, that was it. I had to literally look at this person and say, please don't ever do that again. I was so embarrassed and did it in front of their friends. And this was an older gentleman. I was so embarrassed I left. I left. Um, and the person at Wake warned me, do not go to my funeral. I don't want you going. Um, and I said, why? I said, I just don't want you going. Because it's going to, it's just... Just don't. I don't want to put you in any situation. My grandmother was protecting me. That's what she was doing. She was protecting me. We didn't have just one or two. We had three serious conversations before she passed. Um, one billion percent completely coherent. Um, she didn't want me attending her funeral service because she was protecting me. So I don't want you getting in any stress. I don't want nobody bothering you. I don't want, no, just don't, you know? Spend time as you are now with me now. I'm perfectly fine with that. I should have listened. I had like a gut feeling the whole time on the way to um, visitation. Um, I couldn't stay to watch my grandmother be buried and I should have had that right. Um, I didn't have that right because people made a very um, situation which a funeral should be utmost one billion percent respect. When we start acting really poorly, we're disrespecting the person in wake. A funeral service is not about you. It's about the person in wake. When we all start realizing that funeral services in the United States are not about you, 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 you. It's about the person in wake. I would have never would have stayed because I'm not going to, first of all, have some kind of whatever. Um, you need to talk to me. You needed to talk to me before the visitation or after. Do not address things and grab my arm twice like a five-year-old child in front of somebody awake. We're talking 10 feet away. My grandmother in wake. I signed out and I left. I had one comment to somebody though. And I said, you know, my, step my stepson who got to meet my grandmother, um, we all know he should have been right here. But now I realize, like at this part of my journey, that maybe it was good he wasn't. And um, I should have listened to my grandmother and not went.
because it wasn't good. Um, and a situation before at a funeral, at a visitation, a wake, and somebody pointing the finger at the person saying he killed her. I mean, you have an issue with someone, you feel a certain way. I mean, good Lord Almighty. God knows, don't do that in front of somebody and wake. You keep those thoughts to yourself. Take it outside. If you got to do it right then and there, and take it outside. Take it in the back. Take it away from people. I mean, you're over 18, especially if you're older. You should have some decency and morals about yourself, first of all. Not do that. Um, that was horrible. I was with a friend of mine who was a cop. He literally pulled the person aside, took him in another room, and said in front of me, it's not a time, it's not appropriate time to say something like that. My friend lost his mom to cancer. I still have his mom's ring he wanted me to have. Got married. Moved out of town. And, you know, as... Um, Sometimes friends, we come in and out of each other's lives in different seasons and, you know, in time of life. Um, still wish him well. Talked to him uh, what, about four years ago, doing well. Um, but he even knew as an officer, it's not time, it's appropriate. Um, I'm glad that he was by my side and said something. Um, and he did that because his mother passed away and from cancer. And as he said, it just struck a chord. Like, this is a funeral. This person's in wake. In wake. It's respect. And if you have a certain thing or feeling whatever, you do that before or after. It's not a place. A funeral home is not a place for anything but respecting the person awake. It's not about you. It's about the person at wake. When you start making it Anything but. That's disrespect. Period. Got to watch. Got to watch. Got to watch her funeral. I never seen so many white roses. Never seen so many. I mean, I never seen so many roses. It was such a beautiful funeral. Um. Very different from the United States. United States, we uh. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, um, and the funerals in that I went to, is we're kind of, we're losing the meaning. This is not a fiesta. It's not a party. Um, when a person's awake at a funeral home, there's a reason it's quiet when you walk in. It's quiet because we're supposed to respect the dead. Period. No fans or butts. But the display of behavior from people that are older than me was such off-putting. I will never, ever attend another funeral again. Um, I do not want a funeral. I do not want a visitation. I have it in writing. Um, I plan on going my way. Like a great Frank Sinatra song. It's called Going Peaceful. I would not want any clown show going on because that's exactly what it would be. There has been so many things and people feel so certain ways about other people who have really been ill behavior um, and not 
any way, shape, or form how you treat somebody who's sick. Um, it wouldn't be good at all. I think we would lose immediate sense of if I had a visitation, why I'm in wake. Um, that sense would be right out the door. I don't want to be around a bunch of fake people who want to cry a river, but you're never around me. You haven't been around me. You haven't contacted me. You haven't reached out to me. You haven't asked how I'm doing or friends I've not heard from in eons. Uh, yet when you were going through things, I was there. Um, that's what friends are for. I'm loyal, I guess, to a fault when it comes to friendships, and I am. But that's just me, and I'm never going to change that. Because friends that I have now, um, I talk about cultivating positive. See how this isn't weird, you know? Um, when you're around good energy, your tone of voice changes. A therapist, to watch how your voice changes. I caught myself again. Watch how calm you become. The energy changes, you know? And when you're around good people, talk about good people. It should. Um, we talk about ill people and some bad juju. <laughs> the conversation is not going to go. It's not going to go peacefully. I'll tell you that right now. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want a visitation on my funeral. I do not want a bunch of fake people standing around acting like they give a damn or gave a damn when there's a lot of people who should have that didn't. They didn't want to give me closure either. I did my last of asking for closure over this weekend, and I'm not asking anymore. I got met with another, I did not, yes, they did, I did not, this, they did. I've got Eric penning against this person. I called her when you were in radiation, the very first treatment. I asked her to come up, and it was no response. And I thought she would show up, and she didn't. I podcasted, or actually, I'm sorry, I blogged where I was at. And the person was reading the blog, and they saw clear as there was that, because they asked me on the phone, how's the construction going at the hospital? But sometimes when we don't want to face ourselves and face, wrong, face wrongdoings, when we're really damning hurtful to people, not being present, you hurt the hell out of me. You hurt the hell out of me. You weren't there. And the most important part of my life, I was trying to save my damn life. And you weren't there. And you knew where I was at. And you still evade and avoid. That's your problem, not mine. I got Eric's phone records that show the phone number. You had the person on the phone that says, that's, no, 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 I didn't know. that He didn't call. Really? Why not just take the high road? And sometimes... It's better sometimes to just come clean. Release the skeletons and come clean. Um, you're not in my journey where I'm at right now. But if you were, you come clean. But back again, I didn't know where you're at. That's a lie. Uh, no, he didn't call. That's a lie. Phone record is clear as day. The phone number. Time, date, phone number. I don't think they realize that you can pull those up to the phone carrier. Whatever. Um... That's between Eric and her because I still have asked for closure, for peace, where I'm at in my journey. Um, per therapist, you, sh you have and you should ask for closure. And if you have something on your mind, it's called feeling. And if things in the past have not been resolved, they're never going to be. And they're going to be, as they call it, stagnant until it's 
resolved. If people want to evade, avoid, and run for the hills, let them. But it's never going to resolve anything. It will always remain stagnant. And everybody has this conscious and subconscious. And eventually, as they said, it eats people alive. Now, later, it will. I'm done with the conversations. I'm done with the phone calls. I'm not doing it anymore. But when I made changes in my will, because, first of all, I'm not in Ohio, so everything changed. I changed medical directives. I changed my will. I changed my power. I changed everything. And Eric's not on there. I changed it to people that it needed to be changed to. And also had the experience and the medical background and the knowledge. And they know and they respect the wishes. You have to do this with an attorney because the attorney's going to execute your will. Period. There's no change in the will. I do not want anybody around me when I go under hospice care that decided that being an adult and sometimes owning up to hurtful things you do was not important enough and I wasn't important enough for you to address that with me and to move past it and you want it in limbo. I will not have that around me, period. I won't. As attorney can hospice, like, I mean, there's a lot of things, but the will's a will, and your wishes are your wishes. And I'm so glad I was in a therapist. Get it done now. That's why I canceled some appointments, because I didn't have it done yet. Now I got it done. This week's a new week. Therapy starts back up. I got it done. That was just terrible. Um, you, you listening? You weren't there? You weren't there. Nobody ever should compare apples and oranges with chemo or radiation or even experimental drugs. Myself and another friend, Jess, out of all four of us, it's just us two. She's in a different stage than I'm at. Um, everybody's going to get different options and um, no treatments are the same. And every treatment's different. But I'm going to say this right now to you listening. When you want to take something that's really serious and you weren't there, and then you want to throw at me, but so-and-so had radiation, and you told me they didn't have max radiation, they didn't have 3D radiation, and they weren't getting radiation shot at them from a three-dimensional angle, those machines, what I went through documented and what other friends of mine documented, aren't to be taken lightly, but you're not in our shoes. Instead of getting combative and comparing apples to oranges, which shows absolutely no compassion or heart at all, if you can't listen to what someone has went through and you weren't present, and you can't just sit there and be a bigger person for once and say, I'm sorry I wasn't there, and I need to make peace with this because it's important for me because I'm important to you. See, I'm not important to you. That's why. That's all it is. I'm not important to you. Enough to make right. You don't want to give me the closure or peace at this part of my journey. And I'm not forcing it out of you. That's your choice. But I know the truth. You knew exactly where I was at. Erica contacted you. And I'm sorry. You obviously don't understand the type of radiation that I've had. 
And for people in the oncology world that listen to this, because there's a lot of you, you appreciate what I'm saying. Every type of radiation treatment is different, and so are the machines that are involved. The machine that I was involved clearly has been documented now more than once. You lay there. You wait for the machine to open and close and go around you in all sorts of angles and zap radiation and burn you alive from the outside to the inside. Tell me how you feel. That's right. You wouldn't know because you weren't experiencing it. You're not the patient. You're on the outside looking in. It's the truth. We all four went through the same type of radiation and it wasn't pleasant. And we all had the same response. The experience was horrific. The experience was life-changing. You don't forget it. But you are referring to somebody who had five treatments. They didn't max out the radiation and it wasn't the same radiation. So don't sit there and take somebody else's experience and you literally made light of mine and my friends because we all went through the same experience. The difference is, is they had the proper picture of support when they were going through what they did. I did not. Remember that. Don't compare. You can't compare patients and you'll never compare and sit there and think that someone has not the right, they have no right to express and feel what they felt, what they went through during the most horrifying time in their life. I don't have any other time in my life to compare what I experienced. It was the most horrific, life-changing part of my life and experience I've ever had. And will I ever have? I'll never have it again. The difference is this five treatments allows you to have access to additional radiation if you needed it. Now you may want to consult the oncologist and I'll explain this to you or any oncologist bringing in. I welcome feedback. Bring it to the VIP podcast to talk about it. It's a really good topic. I maxed mine out. When the person you're referring to went to treatments, they went to one treatment per visit. During myself and three of my friends, what we went through, we didn't just get one zap one shot of radiation through our body. We got multiple doses of radiation. That's why it's called fast track. Multiple doses during each visit to oncology. Do you want you comparing how one person had a burning sensation? Really? They had one burning radiation experience and it's damn well horrifying, just one. But when I'm trying to explain what I went through and you're making light of it and you want to compare me with another patient is not acceptable. I had multiple doses. There's a reason when people go through stuff like that, you don't forget it. And my oncology team made it very, very, very clear to me. This is going to be the biggest experience of your life. You're never going to forget it. And patients don't. But when they're looking outside in the lobby and their people should be there aren't there and they're making a comment of concern. I was the strongest person I knew because I had to hold back the tears of absence tease 
and focus on getting through the treatments. Mind you, the last two treatments, I called them and said, I don't think I'm going to make it because I am puking my guts out. And as Cher said, and she said it very eloquently, is the fatigue is off. The fatigue is horrific. It's horrible. Depending how big your tumor is, is depending how aggressive they can get, and they will get if they can with radiation. Somebody has surgery, which they did. Not me, but the person you're referring to, you listening. And then they followed up with radiation, okay, which is a standard way. It's a way they like to do it as a precaution, you know, secondary precautionary is to try to get the cells left. Okay? They're not going to max it out. Five treatments, that's sufficient for the surgery they went through and a follow-up. But you want to get combative and argue, arguing with me when I have a right to explain and share what I went through and a right to feel exactly how I feel. The key word is feel. I'm sorry, I know a lot of people that don't have any emotion at all and they don't feel. And I don't know why, but that's something for you to figure out. I'm not a robot, I'm a human, and I feel, and I have a heart, a big, big, huge heart, I feel, and I'm allowed to feel. Never have someone try to dictate and control and tell you how you're supposed to feel, especially going through oncology and you max the stuff out. No, that's not okay. It's not okay. Not at all. So I text Eric, I got off the phone, I said, hey, um, once again, they're saying that you didn't call her, and um, I guess that makes you a liar, right? Well, I don't know. Either Casper the ghost called from phone carrier line that shows the phone call being made on the very first day of radiation, Right before, actually, it was right after I went back. I don't understand, and I'll never understand to my last breath. Why would, why do, I mean, why would you, I don't care who you are, why would you sit there and not make peace with your past when you do some really damning hurtful stuff? Especially in a situation when you're trying to save your life. I could have easily just not signed anything and lived the next, at any second. Because as I said, the blood vessels were rupture. It was a time bomb. This is making you sick. This stuff got out of control. I didn't have to sign up for it. But I did. Because I was saving my life. And you... Should have been right by my side, and you too. Root me on. I don't care what the situation or the status, and I don't care who's listening or what your relationship is, your status, or what's going on, or you just hate each other, whatever situation. You are to support. You are to support those that are sick. You are darn well supposed to support those in the hands of oncology that are going through these treatments. They are downright brutal. They're not FDA approved. This stuff is experimental. Your insurance views it as such. 
I don't care if it's chemo. I don't care if it's radiation. I don't even care if it's experimental pills. Because there's a lot there on the market that comes up that are trial. When you know who you are and you know you're supposed to be there, there's never going to be an excuse. Ever. Ever. And people who are on the receiving end of some damning hurt that, um, no words, no words. Um, it's going to not do you a lick of good to argue with somebody who made a choice to decide you weren't important enough to be there to root you on to get to those treatments. If someone is that much into themselves and they can't make peace with something really hurtful, um, it's not going to do you any good arguing with them. You're allowed to have a right when you get to a point and you're in a transition of your life. You're allowed to ask that one last time. But if somebody's going to be combative and they've had all the time in the world to do self-reflecting and to realize hurt and a level of just not being support doesn't mean... Um, there's a reason oncology and cancer institutes have tables and board games and things for the kids and that. They welcome everyone to be involved with the patient's care and especially when it comes to treatment. The patients need to be rooted on. Patients need support. Patients need unconditional love. Unconditional emotional support. If you couldn't be there, you should have sent somebody else for you. I would have gladly took them. I would have took that emotional support. Instead, I walked out. And the people who should have been there for me weren't. That's an image because I am the patient. I went through it. That I will never get out of me. It'll never leave. I could have all the trauma therapy, all the therapy in the world. But that's something that I believe many oncology patients can vouch for. Um, especially when you're maxing stuff out. And you know it's brutal to go. I mean, right from jump, you know it's going to be brutal. They tell you it's going to be brutal. It's going to be hard. But we're here to support you. They also want your loved ones to be there to support you too. That's why there's coffee. That's why there's cookies. That's why there's organizations that drop off little care packets and things for the people waiting in the lobby. That's why there's board games. That's why there's rooms of recovery that's big enough for not just the patient but for other people because they encourage support. I wasn't important enough for you, I've realized at this point in my life. It's the truth. I wasn't important enough for you. 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 I wasn't important enough to you. And I wasn't important enough to you. Because if I was, we know you would have been there. But you weren't. You can use all excuses in the world. It means nothing to me at this point in my life. It's just words and excuses. You got yourself to live with for the rest of your life. It's not going to matter now. Where I'm at in my journey, it doesn't matter. You can use excuses. It doesn't mean anything. Because the truth is, is you weren't there. And um, patients don't forget that. Period. But please don't throw it on other people for your absence when they called you. And it's in writing.
because phone records don't lie. Sarah, I don't get it. There's reasons I feel so strongly the way I do. Um, just talking about the end of journey and trans call it transition of life and um, when you get to that point where you can't be helped anymore, there's nothing left. Um, I'm so passionate about what I'm saying is because we should all have the gift of unconditional support, unconditional kindness, um, unconditional love. Um, and I'm not talking about a bank account or all the money in the world because when you're in this part of your life, that money doesn't mean daily squat. What's going to mean more than money, all the money in the world that's priceless, is the emotional support and investment that people put into you and give you because you're going to need that. You're going to need it. I got it now. Um, my support's not the picture of what it should be. And it all, all four of us on mere journeys, mine's the only one that's not what it should be. Um, that's taken a lot to accept that. And that takes good therapy to get to that point of accepting it. Um, but I wasn't going to. I'm not going to walk on this part of my journey and not get one more chance of letting people who've had time to soul search and get it right to make peace with the past and not being present, which was damning and hurtful as hell. Most hurtful thing ever to do to me. You don't want to make peace. I'm done. I'm not asking anymore. I'm not making phone calls. I'm done. It's done. My end of life and my decisions are in writing. They will be respected. They are my decisions and wishes. And it's based off of the experience of what I have seen, what I personally have endured, and what I have seen, worst of all, is the behavior of adults. When people are sick, and even when people have passed, and the saddest part, when people were awake. My picture and wishes most definitely, as some would have, some have said, and some have asked, and yes, without responding to email, like I said, sometimes I'll be able to respond as a whole of the questions. My decisions would not be what they are, nor in writing or notarized and already set, if I would experience things differently, normally. But let's face it, my life's been anything but not normal from jump. It wasn't. It was a life of dealing with some medical BS, rising infant, and things that were not handled, they were not managed, they weren't managed properly, okay? And it spun the hell out of control all the way downhill. As I got older, it got worse. It's not just an opinion, it's a professor, assistant, and many, many specialists oncology and cancer institutes facts because they have all your electric electronical records electric records electronic records excuse me they look through that stuff and they see everything it's spiraled out of control and i'm telling you right now it wasn't my choice and i couldn't control it 
especially points in my life, I wasn't old enough to even make a decision because I wasn't an adult. But I deserved, I deserved a lot better. I deserved to have a normal picture of support. Um, today I realized I may not got the closure that I was looking for, but I did really because I got the peace to know. Um, I'm glad I got my wishes and everything finished and I got it taken care of last month. And I can now move forward with peace. And knowing that I'm glad I got to see normalcy from people who are there emotionally supplying the support. Because I was such in a fog of really, really not okay behavior that I had no normalcy to compare it to. I'm not around that abnormal anymore. I'm around normal, cultivating positive and connecting with people and people connecting with me that are good souls, good energy. I'm away from that abnormal. And that helps you to clear or to think and see 100% clearly. And I wasn't able to do that before. We should never, ever, ever, ever Treat anyone sick, illy, ill, ill behavior. Um, we should never abandon people who are sick. We should never neglect people who are sick. We should never not include people who are sick. It's part of our lives, depending what title you are in a patient's life. Never, ever, please don't ever compare one patient from another, a treatment from another. Don't make light of somebody's treatment, especially if they maxing treatments out in an oncology sense. If you yourself or you know someone who's not maxed it, you're trying to compare something that you cannot compare and you never will, but you don't do that. What you're telling a patient by trying to compare is that um, it's not important what you went through. And um, I'm not able to supply any type of positive reinforcement or emotion towards you right now or be of any support. Instead of comparing, why don't you just tell somebody that? I don't have the capability to do it. You'll be far more respected that way. Don't use excuses either for people. Um, don't use excuses when you're not there for someone going through treatments. When that room at oncology institutes, everyone in the United States is big enough to house all of you. Amen.